is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Thanks so much, Sandeep and Rianne. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. Really good to, uh, to be here today. Uh, I'm thrilled to be continuing our new series in Nehemiah. And uh, it's great to look around the screen and see so many smiley faces. Most of them are smiley faces, I think, so far. That's, that's, we've got smiley faces at the beginning of the preach. That's a good start. We'll see what we've got by the end of the preach. Uh, hopefully not snoring faces. We shall, uh, we shall see. Well, Simon, it's so good to see so many of you. Welcome uh, to those of you that I know and to a new, uh, some new faces as well. It's great to have uh, you with us too. If I'm honest with you, I feel a bit nervous about today. This is the first time that I've preached since James recorded me for the carol service, which was at the beginning of December. So it's been in a long time since, since I've done this. Uh, I've been uh, off work for a, a number of weeks. I was unwell with covid and uh, it's been great now to be back in the loop and get back on, on board with things, uh, having made uh, a good recovery. I've been wondering, can I still preach? Can I still do this? You know, I think I've forgotten how to do it. We shall see. You can let me know a bit later, depending how it goes. And uh, I have to say that I've been so impressed and grateful for a great team while I've been off, who have been doing a fantastic job and uh, fellow elders supported by the technical genius of James Green and, and David Ash and others who have been working so hard behind the scenes to make everything work and well, particularly in this transition to Zoom. So guys, thank you so much for working so hard. Thank you for all that you've been, been doing. Thank you, John, for putting together the new Nehemiah series and uh, really looking forward to the next few weeks uh, as we work our way through through Nehemiah as well. Thank you too to those of you who prayed for me while I was off sick. Uh, it was so good to know that many of you were praying and uh, remembering us. Thank you for those who helped and supported us with, with shopping uh, or kind gifts. And uh, I know many of you generously contributed to a Just Eat voucher for us as well. So thank you so much for that. We are enjoying some very lovely takeaways. And uh, you cannot see my waistline. It is probably a good thing. <laughs> but uh, there we are. So it's been an interesting few weeks, but it's really good to be uh, to be back in the loop and looking at Nehemiah today. So uh, if you've got a Bible with you, you can find it and turn to Nehemiah chapter two, please. And uh, if not, don't worry. I think the words uh, of Nehemiah two will magically appear on the screen. There we are. Thank you very much, Nick. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors the bearer lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. 
If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his eyes, in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me with safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so that he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I'll occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Okay, let's pray together. Father, we thank you now for your word. Thank you, uh, Lord God, that you're going to speak to us now uh, as we open your word and look at it together. We, we pray, oh God, that you would make it come alive to us and that you would speak to us, please, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said in their variety of places, amen. Amen. Okay, so... Let's, let's be clear to start with here. Prayer, a committed, sincere, regular prayer is vital. We know that, don't we, as Christians, that prayer is important. And particularly when you're undertaking something for the Lord, when maybe you're starting an initiative, like Tim was saying about the new um, groups for young people, and you know, prayer is vital all the way through our Christian life, but particularly when starting something uh, for the Lord. It is foundational to everything we do. We know that. But as well as prayer, preparation is vitally important as well. Now, I'm all for preparation. I like things well organized. I, I like a good spreadsheet that, that's filled in and, you know, and we've got a plan and we, we know what we're doing. You know, preparation is important. Prayer is important. Preparation is important. But listen, there comes a time when you have to act. You've done the praying. You've done the preparation. There comes a time when you have to act. Now, prayer and preparation are these keys to effective action. Without them, you're on pretty shaky ground. But there comes a moment. You know, it's that day, that time, that hour when you need to make a stand, when you need to act. And Nehemiah finds himself in our passage today in that moment. He's been praying. He's been preparing. He's been pondering on what to do. Now is the time when he's about to act. You see, there comes a time to build. And so for Nehemiah, we find him seizing the moments. Nehemiah seized the moment. He was waiting for an opportunity uh, to, to talk to the king about this. He was looking for the right time to ask the king for some time off. 
You know, this wasn't just filling out the holiday request form that you might do for work. It wasn't just saying, hey, can I have a couple of weeks off in the summer to, to head back with my buddies and have this, you know, this, this family camp thing or whatever it was that they, they may have done together. No, no, it was nothing like that. This was, a, this was a considerable time that Nehemiah required. This is an out of the ordinary request. And it occurs somewhere around about four months or so after Nehemiah had heard the news about Jerusalem. You see, he didn't act straight away. He was praying, seeking God, looking for the right time, looking for the right opportunity to speak to the king, waiting for God to guide him, not rushing headlong into his own plan, but waiting to be led by the Lord. Even though he knew in his heart what he wanted to do, he still had to wait for the right time. Nehemiah wasn't the only biblical character that had to wait, was he? We could find many examples in scripture of our Bible heroes who had to wait for the, the right time, the right opportunity. You know, Moses had to wait 40 years until God was able to use him to bring the people of God uh, out of Egypt. Even the early church had to wait after the ascension, the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. That to, to wait six weeks for the Holy Spirit to come, like the Lord had promised, that gift my father promised, as, as Jesus put it. In his commentary on Nehemiah, Raymond Brown says this, he says, waiting time is not wasted time. Waiting time is not wasted time. I'd perhaps add to that, if used wisely, <laughs> if used wisely. See, God can use waiting time to do his work in us so that later he can have his work done through us. God uses waiting time to do his work in us so that later he can use us to do his work through us. I wonder this morning. So I look across the screen here on Zoom or for those of you on church online or watching on YouTube, I wonder, are you waiting? Are you waiting? Has God spoken to you? Maybe given you a promise for the future. Maybe he's spoken to you about something particular and now you find that you're in this waiting time. Maybe it's an expectation of ministry. Maybe it's a promise about what God's going to do, uh, maybe in your circumstances or, or maybe perhaps for a loved one. I wonder, how do you respond to the waiting? I'd go as far as to suggest that, you know, God, it doesn't seem to be in a hurry. Very often we think something should happen now. We want it to happen now. Why isn't it happening now? And, and God, God's not in a hurry. And, and sometimes I've found that if, if we don't respond well in the waiting, the waiting tends to last longer. I wonder if you're waiting this morning, what is it that God has for you in this time? What are the lessons that the Lord wants to teach you as you wait? What does he want you to learn? I just want to, just want to pause for a moment before before moving on, and just for any of you who are in this waiting time, 
maybe if you can identify with that, maybe just, just raise your hand. I want to just pray for a moment very quickly. Thank you. I can see one or two there and, and others. I want to pray, Lord, right now. Let's just pray together. Father, I want to pray for any who right now are in this time of waiting. Lord, not yet seen the fulfilment of the promise. Know that you've spoken, but are in this waiting time. Lord, I want to pray there will be more than just a hanging on in there. I want to pray that it will be more than just a hanging on by the fingernails, as it were. But I want to pray that, Lord, the waiting time would be a wonderful time. I want to speak that prophetically over those of you who respond. I can see one or two of you. I'm not going to name you, but I can see you on my screen. And I want to speak into your situation that this waiting time would be a wonderful time in the Lord's. And that he would speak to you and encourage you and bless you in this time when you wait on him. So, Father, I want to pray for those things. Those who have responded, I can see on screen, others that I can't, Lord, I, I pray for this waiting time that you would be so present in it, please. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So... So while Nehemiah waits, you, you don't find him sitting around, do you? You don't, you don't find Nehemiah going, hey, God's spoken to me, so I'm just going to sit in the corner and not do anything until it all happens. You, you don't find him responding like that. You find him going about everyday life. Nehemiah carries on doing his job. He's there serving the king. But he's now, what's changed is he's now carrying promises in his heart from the Lord. He knew that life had to continue in the waiting time. And, and life does continue, doesn't it? It has to continue in, in, in the waiting time. So, so Nehemiah is there waiting. He knows that God's spoken to him. He's carrying promises in his heart. He's holding on to God, but he's, he's carrying on. He's still serving God. Listen, if, if God's spoken to you, if you're carrying promises in your heart, Keep on going, keep walking, keep trusting, keep serving. Keep staying close to the Lord as you wait for the right time. And then one day, one day, Nehemiah feels like today is the day. Some commentators suggest it was a particular festival when everyone else would have been really happy, but, but Nehemiah is sad. It may have been that Nehemiah realizes that today's the day and this is his strategy of how he's going to speak to the king. It may have been just as simple as his thinking of home and it showed in his face. We don't know what, 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 what was going on behind it. We do know this. We know that he looks sad and the king noticed. We know the king noticed what was going on. You see, for Nehemiah, he wouldn't have normally entered the king's presence looking sad. Now, that wasn't the done thing. You, you could end up losing your head if you go into the king's presence looking sad. That would not have been a wise move normally. But for Nehemiah, this is his opportunity. Nehemiah is about to seize the moment that God has given him. And you know what? He takes it. 
both hands, seizes it and goes for it there in verse two. You can read between the between verse one and two, you can read the big gulp. Nehemiah's like, mm, now's the time. I'm reading that in slightly bare, but I think we can assume that. And he quickly prays. He quickly asks the Lord for boldness and courage to step out. You see, we see that Nehemiah was afraid. He tells us this in, in verse two. Uh, we, we can see here that ne Nehemiah says, I was very much afraid. But even so, he still went for it. He still took the opportunity to seize the moment that God was giving him. He was fearful, but he didn't yet let that stop him acting. He didn't let that stop him seizing the moment and, and going for it. See, fear can be disabling, can't it? Nehemiah was afraid, but he still stepped out. I wonder for, for some of you today, does, does fear stop you? Does it disable you from doing what the Lord wants you to do? Does it, does it stop you from stepping out in the way that, that God wants you to? Maybe it's the fear of, I don't know, maybe contributing to a meeting such as this. Maybe it's the fear of going for what God has spoken to you about in your life. Either way, if we stop at the point of fear, we miss God's best for us. Nehemiah pressed on through the fear and he got to see God act. Now, we, we, if we had time, we could look at lots of other opportunities in, in Scripture of people who pressed through the fear and, and got to see God act. We don't have time to do that this morning. But listen, be like Nehemiah. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't let it hold you back from inheriting the promises of God. When God gives you an opportunity, seize that moment. Take it. Take the opportunity because, listen, God's gracious hand is upon you. The gracious hand of my God is that wonderful phrase that we encounter through Nehemiah. He was afraid, but he didn't let fear rob him of his opportunity to speak out, to seize the moment, to be obedient to what God had put in his heart to do. I wondered this morning, for some of you, is there that sense of fear in your heart maybe you're coming up to a difficult decision maybe you're facing a tricky conversation but that, that is that just that fear in your heart over it hey if that's you today I'm, I'm, real quickly I'm, I'm going to pray and I want to pray that the Lord would help you to overcome fear father i want to pray for for any today who are facing a difficult situation a tricky conversation who are facing a circumstance maybe uh, in work lord i pray that wisdom would come today and fear would be overcome in jesus name i pray for for boldness and courage Lord, just like you you told joshua to be strong and courageous father i, I pray that any who are facing those sort of situations today would be strong and courageous in jesus name
Amen. Amen. So, so Nehemiah here seizes the moment. And then secondly, he states his case. He goes for it. He speaks to the king. He explains the situation. And then the king asks him, what do you want? What is it? What is it that you want? You know, if there was an ever an ever a time to sort of balk at an opportunity, this was it. Was Nehemiah going to go for it or was he going to hold back? Well, we see here that he prays that quick help Lord prayer and um, and he goes for it. You know, those those help Lord prayers are, are, are fine, aren't they? If they're on top of our regular prayer life. But listen, you, you can't survive just on that help Lord prayer alone. That's that's built on top of that, that regular time with the Lord, the life that is saturated in prayer. So, so Nehemiah goes for it. The king asks him, what do you want? He goes for it. He, he says, can he have some time to go and rebuild? He asked for letters for safe passage. And then he even asked for timber from the king's forest. Not only he asked for time, but, you know, he asked for safe passage and the provision of the things that he needs to accomplish the task that God has given him to do. You know, again, this isn't because he was a little cheeky in his request. It's because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, as he says in verse 8. Nehemiah seized the moment, stepped out. God's gracious hand was upon him. And off he goes. You see, when you're acting on God's instructions, in God's timing, you'll know God's provision. God's instructions in God's timing, you'll know God's provision. And that's what Nehemiah found. He found God's provision. And so he sees the moment, he states his case, and now he gets to start the plan. That which God has put in his heart to do, he gets to start the plan. And so in verse 9, we, we, we read here that um, he, he goes. He gets to, to go off and, and start the plan. The great plan to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that are in such ruin. We'll see over coming weeks how the plan came together. But this is a start. We see that God's grace, his, his hand is upon him. He begins the journey to start the plan of rebuilding the walls. After praying, after waiting, after seizing the moment and stating his case, there comes a time to start the plan. There comes a time to build. Now, let's be clear. We, we can see here in Scripture that just because God is with him doesn't mean there's not going to be any opposition. There is. We'll see that. We find Sanballat and Tobiah, these characters that we're going to come back to later, no doubt, against him. There'll be some opposition along the way, but we can see that God is with him. I find it fascinating. The king sends his army officers with him. He provides resources for him. God provides. We can see this for Nehemiah. And I'm sure many of you can testify to God's provision as well. This wonderful phrase of Nehemiah, the gracious hand of my God was upon me. 
we, we see that time and again as we, as we read through the book and as we'll come to it in future weeks, that God is with him. The simple conversation between Nehemiah and his brother led to the turnaround of events in Jerusalem, all because God's gracious hand was upon it. Maybe it was a small thing, maybe an insignificant thing. Is that conversation? But look what happened as a result. Look what God can do out of seemingly insignificant conversations. Don't despise those seemingly insignificant and small conversations. Look what happened in Nehemiah's life. Look what's happened in many of your lives through those sort of conversations. Who would have thought out of that conversation, the walls of Jerusalem were going to get rebuilt? Well, as we, as we come to an end to, of our time this morning, let me say this. What, what are these things for us as a church? You know, I, I do love the book of Nehemiah. I know it's one of John's favourite books too. And uh, it has much to teach us in normal times and in these rather peculiar, strange times that we find ourselves in currently. And I love the title that I was given for today, A, a Time to Build. And there is a time to build. One thing I'm praying about at the moment, um, one thing I'm considering currently uh, is, is what will things look like for us as a church when we come out of lockdown? What would it be like? What will we be able to do? What, what, would it, what would it feel like? You know, there's so much that we don't know. We'll know some more things tomorrow, I'm sure, when, when Boris Johnson um, talks about some of the way forward. But there's lots that we won't know. But there are some things that, that we do. You know, we, we won't know how we can gather together. We won't know what the restrictions might be, in these, at least initially. We won't know how many people can we have in a room. We won't know will our regular venues in Derby and Burton be available to us. There are so many questions. There is so much that we don't know about what things will look like as we build. But listen, there is so much that we do know. There is so much we do know. We, we know that we're instructed in scripture to build a vibrant worshipping community that loves one another, that cares for the poor, that puts other people's interests before their own, that prioritises obedience to the Lord above all else, that, that makes disciples, that brings in the kingdom of God and so on. You know, there's a whole sermon series there and no doubt more we could add. You see, while there are some things we don't know, there are some things we do. And so I want to encourage us today as we close. Let's be obedient to what we do know. Let's be obedient to what we do know in this time, in this time to build it is a time to build so let's build that vibrant worshiping community that loves one another that cares for the poor that puts other people's interests above our own that prioritizes obedience to the lord above all else that makes disciples that brings in the kingdom of god and so on friends we know that we're called to build in that way so even though there are things we don't know Let's go for what we do know. And let's build for the Lord. 
Amen. Let's pray together as we finish and I'll hand back to Sandeep and Ria. Father, I want to thank you for your word to us through Nehemiah. Thank you that uh, you've spoken to us from this book already and we pray for future weeks as well. You continue to speak to us. I pray right now, Lord, that we'll be those that would seize the moment, that, Father, we'll be those that are able to respond to the plan you've put in our hearts and be obedient to your call to build in this time in what you've spoken to us about. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday morning.